1: From the hills of Strawberry Canyon. I'm Coin Dang, and this is the Golden Bear cast. Let's go. Go Bears. And welcome back to another episode of the California Golden Bear cast, a part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network. This is our series of Knowing the Enemy. We've done one every week so far except for Sack State because we couldn't find someone that covered Sack State. But we're here with our second Pac-12 opponent of the year. In the Washington State Cougars. Always a fun time whenever we play these guys. Uh, something always something always happens, um, <laughs> and I, it's unexplainable. And I feel like that's the case for a lot of our, and our opponents this year. But um, I can't say enough about the man who's joined me, Jeff, from Coug Center. Jeff, how are you doing oh, man, this evening? You're
2: too kind, although I thought we were friends. I didn't think we were enemies, man. I thought we were... <laughs> I thought we had something Personally going there before friends. we started recording.
1: Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, man,
2: but yeah, how are you? I'm, how are how are you feeling? How are you as a Coug fan doing uh, these days? Well, I I feel great because every day is a great day to be a Coug. But my team sucks, so I'm not feeling great about that. But you know, I I got to go. I, you know, I went to the went to the game in uh, Pullman for USC. And, uh, so I've already made my pilgrimage back to the, back to the homeland and, uh, yeah, it's always, it's beautiful as always over there. And I got some Cougar gold and I mean, a football team cannot ruin, cannot ruin Ooh. my weekend. I've been through too much pain. Well, especially if you got Cougar weekend.
1: gold. I think that's,
2: <laughs> you know
1: how it goes. Like I, so I, I do know how it goes and that's, that's, I, so that, okay. Look. I wasn't this. I wasn't planning to ask you this, but let me let me ask you this: yeah. When you do go through pain and and the emotions on Saturday, what do you do? Like, what is your twenty four hour thing to do to recover from that?
2: Yeah. So honestly, the only game that makes me like viscerally suffer is the Apple Cup. That's that's literally the only one. Uh, the rest of so when it's uh-huh. an Apple Cup, because uh, the rest of them, I'm like. I don't know. Like I've just, I've, I've tried to, I've tried to learn to compartmentalize. Part of it is too, I always write the recaps for the website, and so that kind of allows me to maybe process <laughs> on a level that a lot of people don't very quickly. So it takes me some time to write up the recap, and then you know, and then mm-hmm. I jump on the comments, and everybody's you know yelling or whatever. Um, you know, we get on our Slack channel, and we yell <laughs> for a while, and um, I've probably had a few beers at that point too. So now I'm kind of you know sobering up a little bit. Um, and then the, you know, and then I, I, I like, part of it is I follow so many teams like you and I, we were just talking about our soccer passions. Right. So like I, you know, I follow, you know, Borussia uh-huh. Dortmund and it's like, well, usually they're good. And, you know, I also have the Sounders and usually they win. So it's like, <laughs> usually there's like, there's another win right around the corner. So I, I, I kind of do that. But as far as the apple cup goes, um, it really comes down. Like, so I watch that game in my basement by myself. I don't watch it with anybody else. Cause because I know the pain is going to be too unbearable if, <laughs> if anybody else has to share it with me. Um, I, I, I stay away. Um, I try to like when I have to go to school on Monday after we've lost to Washington because you know I work with a whole bunch of Huskies or Husky fans anyway. Most of them, um, you know, I try to I try to just kind of sneak in and slide into my room and try not to talk to anybody. So uh, that that one just takes takes a little time. Takes a little time to, to process. So that's that's kind of my ritual. There is. I uh, just try to stay away from people. Um, I used to watch the Apple Cup with my dad, um, who's a wonderful man and also a Husky fan. And so, and he's, and the thing is, he's very kind to me about it. Um, he's not mean. He doesn't torture me, but it's also like, th- there's also that, you know, that little side smile that he gets, you know, like, hey. and I'm just like, you know what? Fuck you. And I'm right. oh, sorry. I don't know if you swear <laughs> on this podcast, but I'm like, you know, I'm going home. No, we're perfectly So, yeah. <laughs> So that's how that's how I that's how I That's do awesome. It. The, the I feel like everyone has a co- coping mechanism, right? So. Yeah, <laughs> it's
1: everyone's got a coping mechanism. Yeah. I don't think I've experienced like we talk as we're talking about soccer. Like I'm a U- U- Manchester United yeah. fan. I don't think I've had a lot of weekends where United and Cal have won on the same weekend. Yeah, so that in, in itself is like always experiencing loss yeah. yeah. on any given week. Well,
2: I'm also a Spurs fan. and Hopefully fan. the other
1: alleviates the pain of the other one.
2: Yeah. I'm also a Spurs fan. So that kind of, <laughs> Oh boy. You know, that, that balances it out right now for sure.
1: Uh, All right. We talked about our coping mechanisms yes. and the psychological pain our team inflicts on us over a weekend. Um, so I guess we should talk, talk about the Cougs. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> if you insist Tell me, what's what are your thoughts on the kook season so far <laughs> like what do you think about the season so far how they've gone and how how they've done how they perform
2: yeah it sucks they stink um you know they lost to utah state and um you know bounced back with with a you know a convincing win over uh you know fcs northwest so that was great and then um you know got curb stomp by USC (laughs) and then went out to Utah, Utah made every mistake you could possibly make and still beat us by double digits. So it's, it's not good. Things are going badly. Um, And I know we're going to talk about this too, but you know, off the field's not any better. Uh, You know, it's just, it's, it's, it's been a real frustration. Um, I came into the year. Part of the reason why I can sort of laugh about it um, is because, you know, I came into the year thinking they probably weren't going to be very good. Um, I kind of thought when we did our predictions at the beginning of the year, Uh, I predicted four and eight. Um, and I just kind of thought, you know, looking at sort of the Mike Leach, um, like formula. So he would have these great offenses and generally below average defenses. And then it would kind of, you know, the years when they were quite good, usually they were able to pair a, um, you know, a really good offense with also a pretty good defense that didn't happen super often, right? 2018 is kind of the big one, right? With Minshew. Um, you know, and so I looked at this year and I went, okay, so the last 2019. So, I mean, we kind of take 2020 and throw it out, right? 2019 is, um, yep. you know, where they had probably Leach's best offense at WSU. Maybe Leach, honestly, maybe Leach's best offense ever. I mean, even considering some of those ones at Texas Tech. Like, the, the offense did not get its due that year because the defense was so horrendous. And so, for this year, I'm thinking, okay, well, is the offense going to be that good? Like, I couldn't see it. The, the quarterback situation was up in the air and... I just didn't think it. They'd lost some wide receiver talent, uh, lost some experienced linemen. And so I just kind of went, I, I just can't see the offense being like a top 10 offense, top 10 nationally, right? Can't see that. Maybe they'll be like average mm-hmm. to above average FBS. So then to, if you're going to have a, you know, a six and six season, your your defense better be average-ish, right? And I just didn't see them going from, you know, like one, 105 or 110 or whatever it was up to like, you know, 50 or 60. Like I just didn't, I didn't see that coming. I, di- I didn't I didn't see any reason why that would happen based off of what happened in 2020, uh, which, again, you kind of throw it out, but you also kind of go, eh, you know, is the talent there? Our talent's kind of been yeah. on a little bit of a downward <laughs> trend. Leach didn't maybe recruit as well at the end as he did at the beginning, or at least in the middle, maybe is a better way to put it. Um, and then Rolovich didn't seem to really add any impact, guys. Spring practice didn't make us think that the transfers were ready to... Do something huge, um, so I just kind of put it all together, and I went, eh, you know, they're probably not, they're probably not a bowl team, and they're probably not very good, and um, so when you come into a season thinking they're probably going to lose more games than they win, it's, you know, it's hard to be too disappointed. Um, I mean, it's frustrating, no doubt. Um, the The most frustrating part is kind of watching the real time dismantling of what Mike Leach took eight years to build. Um, that's the part that's really frustrating and maddening. And, and that's the part that kind of gets me upset. It's not the individual game results. It's like watching the games and going like, you know, this team looks, uh, looks like low on talent and the talent they have looks like it's really poorly coached. And, 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 and I don't see a quick way out of that. So that's the stuff that, frustrates me is kind of thinking about next year and beyond, maybe more so than than this year, because I think I think most of us realize we were kind of heading maybe for a little bit of a dip, even if Leach had stuck around that, you know, maybe for a year or two, we had we'd kind of been gotten a dip. But I think if Leach was still here, we'd feel like, okay, this is going to get sorted out. You know, there's really no such confidence right now with Nick Rolovich. Man, that's rough. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, you know, like, I did. I didn't mean to be. A and downer. the thing that I, we could, I mean, I'm, I'm hoping I can make you feel better about <laughs> you know what's going to happen this weekend. So, <laughs>
1: no, I I think I think that's a it's it's an it's a great honest take because I think a lot of Cal fans right now um, are frustrated at the current state and play of the team, and you know there are also certain fans that are clamoring for something better, and the the argument that me and my my podcast host Andy work that we've been saying is. Sometimes better's not always out there. You might think you you're gonna get better, but that's not always the case. And there's more retread hires or or busts than you do have, you know, PJ Flex in this world, right? Yeah, so no doubt. or Matt Campbell's in this world. Yep. So oh man. Well, the other storyline that you kind of alluded to that we kinda of do have to talk about is Rolovich and his his little uh Uh, thing with vaccinations and and how that all works being I believe he's the highest paid state employee in the state of Washington um, and is unwilling at this point to get the the vaccination. He now comes into Berkeley, which is arguably one of the strictest public health departments in the country um, with mask mandates, now vaccination mandates anywhere indoors. um, And, you know, starting, I believe it was the Wash, no not the Washington game, the Sac State game, um, fans had to be uh, cleared of vaccinations or a negative 72-hour PCR test if you're in any of the indoor areas, like the University Club or any of the little bit of the high donor areas or any of the boxes. Um, So... I don't have the answer to this. Uh I do wonder if he's gonna be allowed even in the locker rooms, if they're not allowing them to be. But I guess you can take the negative seventy two hour PCR test. Uh but I have no idea how they're going about that. But from your end, you wrote a great article um that I cannot emphasize enough. Like if if, if our if our Cal Fandom and our program ever had this issue and we needed to write something, I don't think any of us could have written something so eloquent eloquently like of the the fan base's mindset at least of those who want people to get vaccinated and and to be healthy so that if you haven't had if you're listening to this and you haven't had time to read it please go check it out on Cook center um but your your honest opinions your thoughts about what's been happening and the off-field stuff and maybe how that's impacted uh, some of the on-field performance and and the questions that are being asked to him
2: yeah i mean the the players would, <clears throat> the players would insist that it it's not relevant. It has nothing to do with anything. And um, some of our fans would even are, are even saying that as well. Um, you know, the the long yeah. and the short of it is, it shows a you know a stunning lack of judgment, right? Like that's um, to be the leader of a of a of a football team um, at a major research university that has a. Uh, you know, a medical college, a medical college, a nursing college, and, you mm-hmm. know, all, all sorts of bioscience, you know, research. I mean, like um, to, to come out and, and kind of treat it the way he has. And that's, I think that's, you know, what irritates some people as much as anything. It's not me. My, you know, my biggest hangup is, yo, like <laughs> to, to not get vaccinated is, is, is fundamentally a lack of uh, empathy for the people around you. Right. Like, like that's the part that, makes me angry. Cause I'm like, yo, I got, I got kids and I got a nine-year-old who can't be vaccinated. And, you know, Delta's putting children in the hospital and like, can we please just all get vaccinated and uh, take care of ourselves and take care of each other? And, you know, we'll just, you know, we'll, we'll get this thing over with and we'll move on with life. Um, so, so on a personal level, that's how I feel, but like on a, on a leadership level, it's like, okay, so it's not only that he's chosen not to get it, but he's also been very, glib and coy about explaining himself and, and he really hasn't explained himself at all. Like he's mostly just said, mm-hmm. "Yeah, you know, we, uh, you know, it's a personal decision. I don't intend to talk about that. And I intend, and, and we're also dealing with up here also, you know, you mentioned California's, um, you know, COVID, COVID measures, COVID policies. Um, you know, we're dealing with a thing up here where the governor said all state employees have to be vaccinated by October 18th. And, and he, mm-hmm. and he falls under that. So he's been facing questions for weeks now, like, Hey, are you vaccinated yet? And he's like, Oh, I'm not really going to talk about that. I intend to comply with the governor's mandate. He just keeps, he's basically like the, the, um, the Marshawn Lynch. I'm just, I'm, I'm just here. So I won't get fined. Right. Like he, that's kind of how he's handling it is (laughs) I'm, I'm not going to answer that question. Thank you for asking. I'm going to comply with the mandate. And he just kind of keeps saying that, um, over and over and over again. Um, and, and we are fairly certain that he hasn't moved toward getting vaccinated because, um, the president, allu- the the school president alluded to it in a meeting with the faculty Senate. Um, he didn't say it by name, but everybody knew who he was talking about, said that he wasn't vaccinated. Um, and then we had a little thing online on Twitter where uh, one of our fans said, you know, hey, I heard a rumor that he was vaccinated. And then Rolo's mom actually jumped in and was like, don't believe everything you heard. And we're like, great. This is the world we live in now where the the three million dollar coach's mom <laughs> Is jumping on Twitter to tell us that her son has not been vaccinated, um, and her her likes and mentions are a uh, are a two to four tour de force in certain beliefs uh, that you know most people wouldn't uh. agree with. So, um, so it's it's kind of all of that. Like like I, I, there are a lot of people who want to try and separate the on field results from from this issue, and I just don't think you can. I I, I just think like hmm. it says something about your brain when there's this. And you don't do this thing and it says something about like, you know, what kind of leader you are and and what how, what you think of other people and how you treat them and, and just kind of all of that stuff. And so I don't I don't think you can separate the bad decision making over here from the team that's poorly coached from the bad, de- you know, in game, even just in game strategy decisions that the staff is making. Like, I just don't think you can separate all those things Um, they all seemed wrapped up together. Our fans are pretty much united that him not being vaccinated is really terrible. Um, when I, when I wrote what I wrote, so I I think, I don't know, I, I I think you probably know this, I don't know how many of your fans know this, but, um, WSU is located in a very rural area. Um, it's, it's a, a land grant Mm -hmm. school. So it's, you know, kind of out in the corner of the state, Eastern Washington, um, And, and, you know, they got like an agriculture program, like we, like the whole nine yards out there, uh, cosmic crisp apples. If you found those yet, those are like, you know, creations of WSU rainier cherries, creations of WSU. Like we, we love our fruit. Right. And so I anticipated when I wrote this thing that I was going to get a lot of pushback because I figured, you know, we got a lot of people in, you know, a pretty red part of the state. So I kind of thought we might do that, but it actually was really the opposite. Um, pretty much. I mean, it wasn't universal, but um, but it was pretty overwhelming support. And that sort of jives with kind of everything that's happened since, um, you know, like wcu has got like 90 percent, 90 plus percent of their students vaccinated. Um, Rolovich is really standing on an island on this. Mm -hmm. And that's the part that. You know, he's dug in on this position that's just untenable and, and, and again you know if you're talking about somebody's leadership like an inability to sort of calculate the game um that's what it looks like right now is he is sort of badly miscalculated and is so far dug in that he's not going to come out and none of that reflects well on his ability to lead a you know a power five program going forward
0: we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate That's indeed.com slash blue wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: Well, I guess the, the follow-up to that would be, you know, you talk, you think it's it's uh, it's been an issue. How much do you think uh, largely the last entire year, stemming from probably the Casty Woods situation uh, with the whole tape that was, you know, put up online, from last season and then bleeding now into this, like how much do you think of that's been an effect on the program?
2: I think it's all, I think I'll just go back to like what I said, which is I just think it's all related, right? Like this is all just like Mm -hmm. poor leadership, poor decision-making, poor ability to to sort of manage these different situations and understand what the repercussions are going to be from handling it a certain way. Um, you know, I don't know how much of that is, mm-hmm. you know, he comes from, uh, Hawaii. I mean, he has spent his entire coaching career in the mountain West. Um, it's been at Hawaii or with a, he had a brief, you know, stop as an offensive coordinator at Nevada, right? Like it's like, that's literally his entire coaching career. Um, so I don't, I don't know how much of it is from, you know, maybe operating a little bit out of the limelight. Hawaii is kind of its own little, its own little thing out there on the islands. Um, you know, to come into a program like this, where maybe you can't handle things the way you're used to handling things. Um, he just seems to lack a lot of savvy and he doesn't seem like a bad guy. Like, I, I think that's important to point out too. Um, you know, sometimes people will, mm-hmm. will try to, you know, it, essentially try to like, it's either all one way or all the other, right? Like, like they're either a great guy right. who does everything right. right. Or they're a horrible person who does everything wrong. And it's like, nobody's like that. Um, I don't think he's necessarily a bad guy. I just think maybe he's not very, uh, smart, to be honest, for lack of a better term, um, and not very savvy, and he has created a situation for himself through all of these different things—the Cassidy Woods thing, which, you know, I torched him over at the time. Uh, I thought was, you know, not not a, not a good thing to do. Um, you know, he is just, and and you know, a lot of players ended up transferring, and it was just kind of like, eh, there's a lot of warning signs, and you know, so here we are now. Well,
1: I mean, we feel for you. Uh, as as a Cal fan uh, with administrative issues.
2: <laughs> I appreciate that. <laughs> uh,
1: so, yeah, that's I mean, but it's definitely something to keep an eye on, like across, across the board um, and how I honestly think this might set a precedent for how you hire coaches now, where you do have to kind of maybe look into how they're going to handle situations that go off the field a lot more now with. Just how everything's transpired, mm-hmm. not just at Wazoo, but just in college football as a whole yeah. over not only the Black Lives Matter movement, but also the um, the NIL stuff. And then, well, that's kind of taking care of itself, but uh, with also the coronavirus issues. So, yeah, it's definitely interesting. And I thank you for your uh, your honesty.
2: <laughs> no problem.
1: All right. Let's talk about the team. Let's talk about what we're going to see this coming Saturday. All right. So we'll go through our general questions that we always ask, uh, for any of these preview podcasts. Let's start at the top. Which player on offense should Cal fans know about?
2: Yeah. I mean, I I think that it comes down to probably Max Borgie, I think Mm -hmm. (laughs) if he's going to play, uh, (laughs) so he's, you know, he has had some real injury like issues the last couple of years and he hasn't, he didn't have any before that he was, he was very durable, um, had a little back issue last year and they they kind of kept him out uh, conservatively because it was kind of a fake season anyway. Um, and then this year, you know, he kind of got dinged up a little bit against USC, something some with his leg. I don't think it was major, but, it, you know, I think he kind of he came limping off the field at one point. Didn't quite look the same after that and then looked pretty good on Saturday through the first quarter until he got tackled very awkwardly. Um, looked like the sort of thing that could have dislocated an elbow, but but I think it turned out. I think it just turned out maybe to be a sprain. So, Rolovich did say today, which this is by the way the one refreshing thing about Rolovich—he'll actually talk about injuries. Uh, he's not like Leach where everybody's happy That's and healthy. Nice. So, so that part is that part's kind of nice. Uh, apparently, he's trending toward playing. Um, so that would be the big one, and and I guess you know maybe one one B would be. and I kind of stayed away from this just because. I guess everybody could pick the quarterback, but, um, our quarterback situation is kind of a, uh, kind of a mess. Um, you know, sophomore Jane Delora is our best quarterback. Um, he's dynamic, he's a dynamic runner. He's an okay thrower. Um, but he just, he kind of makes things happen with his feet. Um, and, and so he, uh, if he plays and if he's full strength, then that would be a really, really big boost. Uh, for Wazoo, if he plays and he's got a big bulky knee brace on, that might not be great because he really does need to move. Uh, he's a dynamite athlete. Uh, if he doesn't play, then the starter is probably Jarrett Garantano again, Tennessee transfer, who was quite bad, mm-hmm. uh, against Utah last weekend. And who knows, maybe they'll, maybe he'll mess with everybody and start Cameron Cooper. Who's a former elite 11 kid. Who's just never really seemed to put it together. Uh, I don't know, you know, Rolovich seems like to keep people guessing when Delora got hurt against USC, it was a fourth string walk on who came in uh, and finished the game. So who knows? Who knows?
0: (laughs) With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com.
2: Whatever works. I guess. Whatever works. Except it doesn't work, but whatever.
1: (laughs) (laughs) The flip side of that question, which player on defense should Cal fans know about?
2: Yeah, so I, I think on this one, Jalen Watson is kind of the big one. Um, he's he's a stud at corner. Um, he, he basically takes away half the field. Uh, whoever he's covering is pretty much locked down. Uh, the only guy who's really gotten the best of him, uh, so he transferred in last year, JUCO transfer, um, committed to USC twice, uh, once out of high school, ended up going JUCO route, committed in JUCO, ended up not signing, signed with us, Um, And he's really, really, really good. The only guy who's gotten the best of him so far is Drake London, which I mean, oh, you know, I mean, that happens to a lot of people. (laughs) So uh, that game and I think he was still he was coming off an injury. So I think he might have been still a little bit dinged up in that one. But I had a great game against Utah, uh, which, you know, not a huge shock there. Utah is not a great throwing team, but uh, but he is very, very, very good. Um, And then if I was to say, like kind of one B would be Ron Stone, he's maybe more of an X factor. Um, he's a guy that we heard a lot about at defensive end as a guy who, who might break out, who, you know, the, the coaches expected something out of. He really was very, very quiet through the first three games, uh, had a huge game against Utah, like defensive player of the week kind of stuff had WSU won the game, right? Cause you don't get that award if you don't win. Uh, and he had, I think, yeah. a sack, three tackles for loss, a forced fumble. Like, he was very, very good. So um, so if that is not a one-game fluke, then he could have a lot of influence over the game, uh, you know, just pressuring people in the backfield.
1: Got it. All right. Well, you kind of alluded to it, but uh, who's maybe one or two guys you think that are under the radar guys or X-Factor guys that could probably swing the game in your favor?
2: Man, I I have the questions in front of me. I should have held that one back. I should have known that. Dang it. <laughs> uh okay, so let's go with let's go, let's go with Travell Harris. Uh so he's uh one of our inside wide receivers. Uh he's also a an exceptional special teams returner. So uh if Wazoo's gonna win a game at some point, I, I have a feeling we're gonna need some special team shenanigans. Um so he's a guy who could definitely take it to the house anytime he touches it, or or even just flip the field and give the offense a short field um he, he can also you know take somebody over the top uh with a deep pass he hasn't done that yet this year i i suspect because teams are pretty hyper aware of his speed and making sure that he doesn't get over the you know of, of everybody that he doesn't get over the top uh but he he's got that kind of ability so yeah he's an exciting explosive player um who could who could flip what otherwise might be a close game
1: okay what does wazoo have to do to win the game <laughs>
2: I don't know. I'm just so, uh, you know, I mean, as you can tell from all of this, I'm just so like, uh, you know. Um, I guess I would say like not uh, probably the most obvious answer is to not disappear in the second half. Um, That has been the running theme for, you know, whatever it is now, seven, eight games under Rolovich and his staff Mm -hmm. is that uh, I guess it's eight games. The second half has been a disaster, like literally to a game. I'm not even talking like eh, sometimes they crap on themselves in the second half. It's like like clockwork. The second half is going to hit and they are going to poop themselves. And it's going to be just can they hang on? Now, the first game of Rolovich's tenure was against Oregon State last year and we got a big lead Mm -hmm. and we held on just enough to win the game. It kind of got dicey. Oregon State got we had a multi-touchdown lead. Oregon State got within a single score. And then Travell Harris uh ripped off a, a kind of a crazy little counter play out of motion uh to seal the to seal the seal the game. So but but everybody else man we had we we had double digit leads against Oregon last year, against Utah last year, um against uh USC this year, against Utah State this year, and we lost all of those games in the second half. Uh, so I, I, you know, whatever it is that they're able to do, um, if they can put together anything in the second half, you know, maybe they can stay close. I mean, I know Cal has a propensity to play close games, uh, which I think is, you know, kind of the deal when you're, when you're kind of a defensive minded, you know, philosophy. And so, you know, I, I, I guess if, if WSU somehow does not fall apart in the second half, uh, maybe they have a chance to win.
1: Okay. Then the flip side, what does Cal ha- have to do? To beat Washington State this weekend,
2: probably just not screw up. To be honest, um, <laughs> I, I'm serious. Like, I, and I know again, I know how this sounds, but I'm telling you, this team is not in a good place. They're they're playing hard. It, it's it's not an effort thing. They're playing hard, and I and I, you know, and I'll watch mm-hmm. it because I love them, and and I'll cheer and I'll be hopeful. Um, but I just I, I just have so little faith in the coaching staff to um, to be able to put together a complete game you know, to get four quarters out of these guys. Um, And and I think Cal is probably more talented than we are. So, um, you know, I mean, Utah, like I said, Utah made, I mean, they fumbled the ball seven stinking times in the game uh, and missed a 30 yard field goal. And, you know, and they still end up winning by, you know, 11 points. Like, I mean, that's just where we're at right now. And so, you know, maybe Cal will shoot themselves in the foot. I know. uh, I I mean, I don't want to, I don't want to bring up old wounds, but you know, I mean, it's been done you should have beat Washington. Right. So, um, yeah, I guess if, if Cal doesn't do that, then yeah, you probably win going away. If that continues to be a problem, then, then yeah, it's probably closer than it should be. All right. Fair enough.
1: Um, how do you see the game going? Uh,
2: I mean, if it follows every other game we've played, it'll be close in the first half, or maybe we'll (laughs) even have a small lead and then we'll puke it up in the, third and fourth quarter. So I think that's probably what will happen. I mean, I'd go with something like, I don't know, probably let, let's say it's like 14 to 10, one way or the other at halftime. Like I could see either team, you know, up a little bit at half. Um, and then let's say, you know, Cal wins, you know, 31 to, I don't know, 17 or 14 or something, you know, something like that. Uh, it's I, double digits. I, I like, I I don't see it being close. Maybe it will be. Maybe that's just because Cal, you know, plays close games, but um, I don't, you know, and maybe this, I mean, maybe I'm not giving my team enough credit. This is definitely kind of, they're in gut check territory right now. And and I kind of tend to think some of that fortitude that uh, that Mike Leach built up in them when he was here, uh, you know, we were pretty good at that. Like, you know, being strong and bouncing back and uh, being tough. And, you know, Rolovich has sort of alluded to them being not very tough, which, is one of those things where we all just went, excuse me, like, like, well, what did you do? Did you break them? Cause they, they were really tough under Leach. Um, So, you know, maybe, I don't know, maybe, maybe some of that's still in there. Maybe they'll respond uh, with a gut check, but it just sort of feels like the coaching staff is just out of their depth, to be honest. And um, you know, whatever they're doing well on offense, I, I just have a lot of faith that, that, you know, Wilcox and his defensive guys are going to figure out a way to shut it down. And, and there probably won't be a counter punch. So that, that's kind of how I see it.
1: All right. Well, uh, there's usually one question I ask you to to end all our podcasts like this, but we did have a good question from one of our writers uh, that you guys will be doing in the Q&A, but I wanted to ask one on the pod too. So I'm going to use yeah. the, our two questions to end. So I'll start with the first one. What's your go-to drink recipe for game day?
2: Uh, I'm a beer guy all the way. Um, so I don't, I don't make, uh, recipe drinks or, or uh, mixed drinks on, on game day. Um, partly because I, 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 have to try and try and manage my way, uh, <laughs> manage my way through. But, uh, so as far as beer goes, when I drink, when I drink beer, it kind of depends, kind of depends on what time of day it is. Uh, kind of depends on what my, uh, what my responsibilities are that day. So if I am watching the game and I've got to write the recap, um, so my biggest challenge, so, um, I, I don't think you're using, you're, you're going to use the video here. So the readers or the listeners aren't going to see me, but no. I'm, but I'm like 44. Okay. And I have three children and, uh, and I go to bed most nights at like nine 30 or 10. Uh, I'm a school teacher. I get up at, you know, five, whatever, and get ready for my school date. Okay. So that means if a game starts at seven on Saturday, I got it like it's Pilsner's <laughs> all the way. Cause if I don't, I'm going to be asleep by the third quarter uh so pilsners if the game's late you know i might roll with some ipas If the games a little earlier uh you know if we get a big upset i might crack open one of my bourbon barrel aged stouts that i've got uh in the fridge Ooh. might open one of those guys and, and just have a little fun uh this weekend i've got uh, i'm actually i'm rolling ipa this weekend uh so it's an afternoon game so i don't have to worry about falling asleep i've got a growler mm-hmm. from georgetown brewing in seattle uh, of, of Will Bruins, two thumbs up IPA. So Will Bruins a forward for the Sounders. Uh, the proceeds from the beer go to support cancer research. So, uh, childhood cancer research, my son, my middle son, Tristan is a, uh, childhood cancer survivor. So I'm, I'm going to be, uh, I'm going to be drinking that. And basically I'm, I'm going to win even if WSU doesn't win.
1: <laughs> that is awesome. That is awesome. You know, which beer to get now, if you go to, if we all go to Washington, there That's go. the one we gotta yeah. get.
2: Cannot go wrong with Georgetown, man. They are they uh they make some great beer. I don't know if you I don't know if they uh distribute to the to the Bay Area, but uh if you ever do, Offa is great, Orange Can, uh Lucille IPA is great, green can. Um their Rogers Pilsner is awesome. Uh Silver Can. So yeah. They they do they do great stuff. Yeah, and then not- they're they're always involved in raising money for different things. They partnered with Pearl Jam up here when they came up and uh raised money for homelessness, did their concert a few years ago, uh, made a special beer with oh, them and awesome. it, so they sold tons of that beer. So, and Manny's Manny's pale ale. That's the mm-hmm. other one they do. So they're pretty famous for that one.
1: I'm going to have to write all these down now. Yeah. I'll send them to you. I'll send them to you. Now we have, yes. And now we have this podcast to forever remember them by. There well. you
2: go. You can always just pull all it right. up and fast forward to the end. And... It's true. <laughs> this is true.
1: All right. The last one I got to ask you yeah. before, before we end whom do you most want to punch in the face we don't condone violence on this podcast but I if know. you were to figuratively punch like in your dreams punch yeah. someone in the face yeah.
2: who would it be yeah it'd be nick rolovich like figuratively of course <laughs> not on not yeah figuratively. Not, not for real not for real but you know figuratively yeah um and you know what and honestly i mean maybe i've already kind of done that with what i wrote i, I mean some <laughs> might take that as a punch in the face i'm not sure uh but you know I, I, yeah, that, that would be my answer. I I would just want him to like, just, just get the, just get the vaccine, man. Just get the shot, get the shots. The pokey poke doesn't hurt too much. Your arms sore for a couple days and it's all right. I promise it's okay. You'll live. There's no microchips, There's no microchips. It's not going to change your DNA. You'll be all right. You can still coach football. It's really not worth throwing away a career over. I promise.
1: And there it is. That's that's the best way I could think of to end end a podcast. Jeff, thank you uh for coming on. Um where can people find you on the internets and the interwebs and all of your written stuff on the interwebs?
2: Yeah, all right. So I uh let's see, I write at kookcenter.com with a whole bunch of other really, really talented dudes. And and one dudette, uh, Emma, who's our our lovely uh, writer there, and then uh, also you can find me on Twitter at Pod VS Everyone Pod versus Everyone, uh, which is uh, the name of our podcast Podcast versus Everyone, uh, part of the uh, the Coog Center Podcast Network SB Nation's whatever I don't know if you search Coog Center on podcasts you'll find it. Um, yeah, and I think that's it. If you really really want to be friends with me, I suppose you can find me on Facebook. but I'm only so. Might take me a while to get back to your friend again. Don't tell Zuckerberg. All right. That's
1: it. (laughs) You know where to find the Washington State guys. They're awesome. I highly recommend go checking out their website and all of their pre-e stuff and everything they've written for the Cal game this week as well. And with that, as always, go Bears. Go Bears.